<laughs> Hi you guys, um, welcome to the Mixed Motherhood podcast, a podcast about raising mixed kids in the world, in our world today. My name is Kudzai, but um, you will soon learn that I go by Cookie, and I'm excited to be here with you guys today. Hello everybody, so my name is Danai, I am also very excited to be here today on our very first episode. This is very momentous. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Cookie and I have known each other for, gosh, since university. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we're both mothers. We're both raising, you know, biracial children, opposite ends of the country. We live in Canada. Uh, we're both from Zimbabwe, but we've lived in Canada for, I don't know, like 15, 16, 16 years. 16 years, yeah. Yeah. So as this is our first episode, maybe let's give everybody a little bit more background about who we are and where we're from, uh, as well as our family makeup and some interesting facts. Um, as I mentioned, my name is Kudzai, but I go by Cookie. I am from Zimbabwe, I'm born and raised in Zimbabwe. Uh, moved here to Canada in 2006 to go to university and um, got my business degree uh, in 2012. And in that time, I had my first daughter um, in Newfoundland and uh, then moved out to Alberta. And so I live in Alberta now, I live in Edmonton, Alberta. Currently, what I do for a full-time living outside, for full-time jobs, outside of being a full-time mother, <laughs> I work for the University of Alberta. But uh, family makeup, I have three girls, uh, 12, 6, and 4. They are a ball of fun. It's a lot, but um, they are frustrating. Yeah, you are seriously mother of the year <laughs> with your three girls. I am in awe of you. Oh my I don't know how. I have one girl, and you cannot imagine how stressful <laughs> It is. <laughs> I know, you know what, and I and I can't even imagine going forward right now. Um, they push all of the buttons as hard as they can constantly, but it's also, you know, they are my, yeah. they are everything. Oh my. Yeah. So yeah. you have a preteen. I have a preteen going to junior high. How is that going? Um, we'll see. Let's see how junior <laughs> I've been pre-warned by a lot of people, so we'll see how it goes. But she's a smart girl, yeah. so um, hopefully mm-hmm. she'll, she'll stay on that path for sure. That's awesome. Um, and you're a single mother? I am right? a single mom, mm-hmm. and um, ju- circumstances have happened, and this is where my life has ended up, but... We strength. We just. I just teach my girls to be strong and be who they want to be. And my goal is to make mm-hmm. sure they know that they don't have to be dependent on anybody. They shouldn't be. Yeah. So I mean, I similar to you. I moved here. I actually moved here a year after you did. So two thousand and. Oh, okay. Also moved to Newfoundland. Did university, and then I have lived all over. So I've lived in New Brunswick, where I currently mm-hmm. am. I've lived in Ontario. Uh, and I've lived in British Columbia. I am married. Uh, I've been married for eight years, I think. So I have two children, uh, a girl, she is six, she just turned six, and a little boy who is two. I also work in post-secondary. And I should have mentioned that I was married to a white man, so my children are also a mix of Caucasian and black, African. So we are first generation African, first generation Mm -hmm. Afro-Canadian, sorry. Yeah. So why did we start this podcast? It really comes for me out of necessity. So having these conversations with myself, with Cookie, with, um, you know, my other friends about raising biracial children in Canada and just feeling like um, a lot of this is new. I mean, motherhood in general like mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. new to everybody. But I think there's an added um, layer when you're kind of straddling two cultures. Mm-hmm. 
And so I think for me, there was just a lot of frustration and like not having anybody to talk to about, you know, some of the experiences that my child was, go- well, that my- both my children were going through. I just, I think we had just moved to another city here in Alberta and yeah. a smaller city. And I'd seen a mom and she was a Caucasian mom with a mixed child. And I just, you know, I could sense that she wanted to talk. She wanted to ask some questions, but wasn't sure how to necessarily approach it. Mm-hmm. And I think it was uh, something to do with hair. And obviously the word's gone around, don't touch black girl's hair, yada, yada, yada. That kind of conversation has happened. And so I think to her, she just was unsure how to broach this, this conversation. Um, and so I approached her and sort of said, hey, how's it going? You know, I like your daughter's hair and, you know, just kind of helped to come to that conversation. So for me, this podcast is more to just be more of a help to a lot of women and parents mm-hmm. that are out there that are raising mixed children that want to understand the layers that was to me it's really important to be able to give each other that support and whether you're caucasian african or just a different mix yeah 100 percent. and i mean there is a growing biracial mm-hmm. demographic in canada like for example where i live um there is a huge francophone african francophone community yeah. here um, so there's quite, I've seen quite a biracial couples, interracial couples, and there's my, even my child has said that there's a whole bunch of kids in her school oh, okay. who are like herself. So I think it's a wonderful thing to see. Mm-hmm. I think it makes, makes it so that your children don't feel like an anomaly, yep. but I think also there's still a lot of other issues to talk about in terms of the experiences that, that our, our kids are going to yeah. have as they grow. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. Each week we'll do a rundown of what's happened in our lives so you get to know us a little bit better and we'll be talking about and maybe with other parents about their experiences. With the help of a special guest, we'll talk um, about what advice we have for parents who are dealing with absolutely completely different situations than us or than anybody else and we'll try and Mm -hmm. help each other out in that way. We'll also be reading some letters if you send us some emails or if you DM us on our Instagram page or anything like that. We'll be talking about what's hot and what's not in parenting as well. And if you certainly have a question for us, we will have our email in the, the show notes. We'll have our email in the show notes and we'll have our Instagram handle in the show notes as well. So you can reach out to us in many different ways. So I have a question for mm-hmm. you. If you could describe your experience raising biracial children in one sentence, what would it be? Layers. Layers from my family, layers from their side, from his side of the family. I'll just get a little personal here, but when I when I first got pregnant, and because yeah. we both grew in Zimbabwe, we know this word colors. So it comes that word in itself comes with a negative connotation based on yeah. from whether you're you know, if you're from Zimbabwe or South Africa, you'll understand that word. Um and the negative connotation comes with it. So when I was pregnant, my dad actually kind of said, Well, what are you gonna do? She's a colored and i thought to myself i have no idea what that even means first of all and i don't know what you mean what am i gonna do like do we segregate them is that what you're trying to get at like what what do we do right so that was a layer i really had to break down within myself to say okay he probably doesn't understand what he's saying and he also doesn't know that in canada they wouldn't consider her black nobody's going to look at her as colored or mixed or whatever she's going to be considered black. So I don't have that layer here to deal with. However, the layer on the other side is, well, what culture are we teaching them? Like, how are we going to raise them? And what are we, Mm -hmm. you know, 
in your culture you do this but in our culture we do that which one are we going to go with right um so there was those layers that i that we were so um that it took me 10 years and two kids later three kids later that i'm now breaking down so that's a whole other side of things that i'm kind of working through and and building on did you and your partner at the time did you have a discussion about how you were going to raise your children did this come up or it was, it was were you just not thinking about it? It was his way or no way, really. My to him, my culture was um, less than, you know, it wasn't as progressive. It wasn't as so we're going to raise our children in Canada so they should understand that the Canadian culture comes first because this is where they are. Yeah. And I mean, when I think of my own experience, mm-hmm. so I would describe it for me as like a balancing act really but i i'm fortunate in a number of ways i'm fortunate in that my parents uh were very open mm-hmm. uh, and open-minded and i mean there was a strong possibility that i was going to bring home a white man <laughs> coming to canada <laughs> let's be real there's not a lot of black well at the time there was not a lot of black men yeah. around um, the other thing is on my, uh, on my husband's side, his family is also amazing. I mean, I think part of that has to do with his own parents. So his father is, uh, from Quebec. Mm-hmm. So he's a Quebecois mm-hmm. a French guy and his mother is English from the prairies. Mm-hmm. So in Canadian context that it, it may as well have been an interracial <laughs> relationship at this point It's definitely intercultural. 100%. So I think the experiences that they had are, are very similar to some of the mm-hmm. things that, you know, we experienced over time. And, you know, when we were ha- when we were having our when I was pregnant with my 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 daughter, like the first thing that we talked about was um, like I had this really strong sense, like I want her to know that she has an African heritage. Mm-hmm. I'm going to speak in Shauna with her every day. That didn't last very long. <laughs> But like I wanted to, I was basically really wanting to, you know, expose her to that side of her heritage yes. because of the way she looks, right? Um, I'm very conscious of the fact that in society, you know, people will always see her as being a black yes. person, yeah. not necessarily mixed, right? Yeah. So for me, it's a balancing act. I also have to remind myself that she's not 100% African. She's not 100% Zimbabwean. She is half. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they are parts of her white heritage um, that she embraces. Mm-hmm. And I think she has, you know, every right 100%. to embrace, mm-hmm. you know, those sides. Um, I remember the first time I gave her a blow dry and I straightened her hair. She didn't want it to go back curly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my heart was broken. I was like, have I created a monster? <laughs> but, you know, luckily, small kids, they get bored yeah, very easily. Yeah. She was happy to have her, her hair back. But see, things like that, that, you know, when I'm talking to my husband, he doesn't see what the big deal is. But for me, I'm very hypersensitive to that stuff, to stuff like that. So Which makes sense. It is, I mean, we have to be somewhat aware of some things. And to be fair, like hair is for me, I don't know, neither one of them, I've, 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 to be fair, I've never had that issue where they've asked for mm-hmm. straight hair or straight. You're also in a more diverse area than me, right? I feel like Edmonton, big city, you have access to like all sorts of services. I live in Moncton, so <laughs> although Moncton is quite diverse, but I mean, you live in Kelowna, um, it's not as diverse as Edmonton. But what? Kelowna, wasn't Kelowna? Um, 
Kelowna was not as diverse as it is here. Uh, Kelowna is very homogenous. Um, and that's one of the reasons why we, uh, we decided that we wanted to move away because it was, and I mean, even me, like I, I feel like I'm a very confident person, but even I struggled sometimes, uh, in that environment. But I think you are at a benefit because you are in a larger center. So, and you're also surrounded by other Zimbabweans. Um, here where I am, there's not too many. There's not too many. Um, yeah, I feel like I just know a couple. Yeah, and you also have to be careful. Yeah, but like it's just I think it's very difficult to and and fair enough. And my kids do see a lot of color. Yeah, and my kids do now. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. And, well, that's why I said because here there's a big francophone community, oh. right? So. Oh, that's right too. Yeah. 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 So there's lots of Congolese, Senegalese, Ivorians, Haitians. Yeah. So it's it's great in that way. But it is a balancing act because you you have to remember that whatever emotions that we're going through, they're experiencing it at an exponential yeah. rate, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, I mean, you're the expert in this. The older they get, the more complex those issues become. 100%. The more complex those emotions, the more complex the thought process and they got to think. And I'll give it, mm-hmm. um, it's just, for me, I got to, you got to catch it somewhere and it yeah. with them. Um, and grow and learn with them because that's the other thing we're learning with them this is not something that we've learned right like we don't have some background knowledge on this information we're just learning with them so it's definitely uh, paying attention being aware of what's going on around them and uh, just seeing you know what are you doing for a support system because you're obviously not in a marriage anymore Mm -hmm. um i have my cousins in calgary Mm-hmm. Are any of them in a interracial relationship? No, or? no, they're not. But I do know a few people that are. But we've never actually had this conversation. Mm-hmm. I've never said, "Hey, mm-hmm. you know, how are you dealing with this?" Or like, "What has happened to them?" Or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it'd be a great conversation starter for sure. And this is something that I've noticed too. Um, I know that I said that you know Moncton is very diverse and that sort of thing. But I've noticed that a lot of the biracial families are black men with white women white women and so while you know our children are probably going through the same issues it is a little bit more challenging to kind of express some of the more complicated Mm -hmm. emotions Mm -hmm. that you go through and you know i i'm fortunate that i have an amazing husband who's you know seems very not seems he is very understanding those situations i wonder what african or what culture they get because men sometimes just miss that so then the child is now just here which is which is fine and um and i wonder if the moms also want to be like okay i want her to embrace the other side too how do i do that without knowing or understanding that culture well i think that it's each parent's responsibility to nurture a child's culture so i've noticed that especially for black women the burden of educating the children uh, and and just women in general in relationships i I think women bear the burden yeah. of educating children, guiding them through life, mm-hmm. teaching them how to do things and think that it can be challenge. It can be a challenge if you are if you're not a black woman mm-hmm. to understand some of those uh, some of the experiences that your your children are facing because they are black. Yeah. And so that's why I think it's important that the black parent in the relationship is actively yeah providing that support and i think for a lot of especially african men um it can be tough 
because growing up in our culture men don't have to do much from the the moment that they are born they're told that they are going to become a head of a household mm-hmm. they're going to lead the family and they're told to focus on that distant future so they're not really learning the same things or experiencing society the same way that women yeah. are experiencing society so having to in some cases fight for the right to go to school yeah. dealing with schoolwork plus chores at mm-hmm. home and also just by nature being a woman in uh, an African environment or a black environment is just a lot more challenging uh, than it would be for our male counterparts um, and I'm not saying this is like the standard rule everywhere but in general that is what I've seen so I think that there is it, it is a, it is harder regardless of what race you are raising a child that doesn't look like you and that is going to have different experiences from you is tough if you look at society, there's people who have privilege mm-hmm. and people who have less privilege. And so if you go back to the discussion that we're having about like the African parent, so the male African parent, so the fathers who are African, they still have privilege because they're men. Yes. Right? So there's certain things that men uh, are not necessarily obliged to do, like changing diapers or yep. taking time off work to you know, take care of sick children. Like it's, it's usually the mother, right? Mm-hmm. Who is forfeiting her vacation to take time off work to take care of the child teaching the kids about potty training you know their first period that sort of thing so i think that in this privileged spectrum um and there's lots of research about this that there are parallels between white women and black men and Ooh. i think that um and yeah I, I i forget the name of the article but maybe we'll talk about it next episode okay. but essentially this person was arguing that in certain instances black men have privilege because they're men yep. in society so there's things that they don't have to worry about but uh even though women have less privilege than men white women still have more privilege than black men. um and yeah and so there is there are parallels there yeah. between those two groups of people. I think the thing is, the thing that I find, and again, I mean, I could be totally wrong about this. I can only speak on my own experiences. I think it is challenging being black and a woman and raising interracial children because of that whole privilege spe- yeah. spectrum, yeah. right? It's still going to be harder for you to ask for time off because potentially, you know, you're not in a stable place at work. You're worried about, you know, forfeiting the progress that you've made in your work environment because you have to do all of these domestic things, right? You know, I'll give you a perfect example. My child was being bullied at her school and I really wanted to go to the school and ask like what what's going to happen what are you doing about this you know kind of thing but my husband was like no i should go because then i can actually get them to tell me what's going on tell me what's going on and of course he's like the complete opposite of me right so he's very calm and relaxed and he's like well let me go because first of all it's my responsibility as a parent Mm -hmm. to be able to like take a lead on this it's not just the black parents responsibility to talk about racism so using their own using his own privilege to to do that but also people take you more seriously when you're not a woman and when you're not and you're not it doesn't seem like you're coming in to attack like you're yeah yeah right so it is it's so complicated and yeah i would be very interested to have a conversation with our white mamas who are raising interracial 
children to find out what their experiences yeah. are because I think it would be very enlightening because I think we yeah. are we mustn't forget that they are also probably dealing with a lot there's also um, a lot of prejudice amongst the black community for a people in interracial relationships yeah. especially when the other partner is yes. white and also there is a lot of stigma against white women who are raising black yes. children and I think that those arguments stem from a lot of historical trauma. Mm-hmm. Welcome back, guys. This week, a letter comes from Davina. So my name is Davina, and I live in a smaller town in Ontario. I'm South Asian, and my boyfriend is from here, so from Ontario. We have a three-year-old son together. My son doesn't look South Asian, but I've been trying to raise him with some awareness about both sides of his heritage. My boyfriend's family doesn't seem to understand that our son is half South Asian and not completely white. Every time I mention that I would like him to be more involved in my culture, they respond by saying that I need to remember that he's a Canadian boy and needs to be participating in Canadian things. I understand this is important, but I feel my son's heritage is being erased. What are your thoughts on this? Wow. Oh, what a question, Davina. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. For I letter. feel like this is a common, again, when we talk about balancing, mm-hmm. this is classic case. Oh, classic case, 100%. And I feel bad for her because she's a little bit torn. Um, she understands mm-hmm. that she's probably in this situation, we don't know the whole situation, but chances are her family's probably not here. So the only source of culture or other culture that this little boy would have would be on her. Yeah. It's very difficult if she's just trying to do it on her own, I think. My thoughts on it would be start to introduce things, not in a full-blown way. Um, and at best, have a conversation with your boyfriend. That is where everything starts. Communication, communication, communication. Mm-hmm. And explain to him the importance of your culture to you and why it's important to teach your son. Oh, 100%. And I think that especially when one of your par- one of the partners is white it's important for you to have a conversation about the dominance of white culture in society mm-hmm. everything we consume is dominated by white culture right so most of our television programs have white actors most of the music we listen to um and just by nature of being in canada mm-hmm. which is predominantly white mm-hmm. um it can be overwhelming and it it can be, i think it's it's easy to see how this child will be able to soak all of these things up but also how natural it would be like oh i have a have a child who's in canada they're obviously going to love hockey and they're going to want to go to camp every summer and and that sort of thing i think there are again layers (laughs) to this whole situation the fact that her son doesn't look different Mm -hmm. her son looks white Mm -hmm. uh, is what i'm i'm taking from the letter so there's there's that factor. So maybe you know it's it's harder to it's harder for it to click in people's minds yes. if your child doesn't look very different. It's also very easy for that child to assimilate because they are white passing. Yep. And I think also because of where they are. So she says a smaller town in Ontario. You know, it's likely very white. Mm-hmm. So naturally, that child is going to. I mean, if they they live there for 
a long time that child is going to adopt the culture of the environment that they're in which is um, and i think that which is normal that's really what it's normal Uh, of course a hundred percent it's normal and i think that's why she's talking about like i don't want my child's culture to be erased but you're right in saying that she obviously needs to have a conversation with her boyfriend and it's her boyfriend's responsibility to talk to his family and yeah and it's it's a conversation it's definitely um it's a tough conversation 100 percent. although it really shouldn't be but i think it can go to one of two ways when a white man marries Mm -hmm. a black woman sometimes his entire world becomes that woman in her culture like his entire everything about him kind of that's what he wants he wants to embrace that entire thing and then it can go the other way where you're a trophy black woman and he just wants you to be that and be a part of his world and and any race really any race really to be fair um yeah and he just wants you to be there because you're you're a beautiful black woman beautiful brown woman you're just beautiful that's what i want Mm -hmm. but i don't necessarily want everything else that comes with it if her boyfriend is one of those that are i just you're beautiful you're cool we had a cool kid and it worked out for me because my son looks kind of white and i don't want to be bothered with learning your culture then she's going to be hooped because that Mm -hmm. can lead to a lot of resentment and a lot of tough times coming up her yeah i mean the sooner they have this conversation how old did she say her son was three Three. oh the son probably like he doesn't know anything (laughs) but i think the sooner they i sooner the sooner they have a conversation with the boyfriend the better and the other thing is they're not married so that is also another indication like why are not that you have to be married but i think that that plays into um a lot of the struggles that people in these types of relationships face that's another thing that he's going to be having to be willing to embrace. Is that the, the, yeah, and I think it's give and take. I mean, yeah. um, if you want your children to embrace your heritage, then you kind of have to be a little bit obnoxious about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, for example, I mean, I don't know if you're feeding your kids sadza. I but am. We have sadza occasionally. And I try and make it like, oh my God, you guys, today we're going to eat, you know, sadza. We're going to have muriwo, uh, ninyama, like all of this stuff, and try to like be excited so that they are excited. Mm-hmm. Or you know, like I, I got Tashinga a bonnet, which oh she's God. obsessed with now. <laughs> like I, I am trying to also be excited about my heritage so that my children pick up on it as well. I think that's important. I for me, it's music. I love music. Yes, music has always been a thing yes. for me. And so now I'm into the Afro beats and all that kind of stuff. So they are constantly... Burna Boy, all of that. They're <laughs> constantly seeing a lot of that stuff. A lot of the South African artists and yeah. I'm constantly playing it. So they're aware of it now that there's the, a whole other side of music that you can enjoy. Sabza, only Maita likes it. The other two are still, I think, are still very young and don't quite know what's going on. So I'm, I'm trying to integrate mm-hmm. it. Mind you, my second daughter doesn't eat anything it doesn't matter what i cook she looks at it like it's poison <laughs> I, I it's one of those buttons um and then my little will eat if you if you encourage her enough like you said get the excitement she'll eat it yeah um, so that's the tough thing it's like how do you like you also want to be able to nurture your child's natural interests, yes. right but you you also don't want them to forget yeah. their heritage yeah. so it's it's a constant balancing act I had a friend tell me that, you know what, eventually when your child is ready, they'll embrace it. They may never embrace it. And that's okay too. You haven't failed as a parent. But I mean, the African in me (laughs) 
is too proud to accept that. <laughs> and accept the second part. Now, to be fair, she's kind of right. Uh, Maita now has started to like learn Shauna online. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because she wants That's amazing. She wants to that is what I'm saying on the phone to people. I don't know if that's why. Because when you're talking to yeah. someone about something, then I switch to Shauna. So obviously she's like, something's fishy. I got to learn what that is, yes. right? Uh, which is fine, whichever. Learn your la- learn the language. It's great. So she's starting to embrace it. And she's 12. So it's taking that long. So I think it, they come around. They come around. And they realize that there's mm-hmm. more to them than just the one dimension, right? Now, what about their father's heritage? Are they into that as much? Um, they, well, or... we lived in Newfoundland for a long time, right? And um... But so you don't think that they're into it as no, much? No, no, they are. I guess you've moved away. Okay. No, they are. That's what I was going to say. He's very, like you said, he's very obnoxious about it. Not in a bad way, but just <laughs> about it. loud about it. He wants them to eat... Um, you know, Jake's dinner, dinner and, and, you know, salt, salt beef and all that stuff is very big to him. And so, and I appreciate it because now they appreciate it. Um, yeah. And he's very big into teaching them a lot about Newfoundland and, and that kind of stuff. So um, they have that, they have that. He's good like that. Um, I just needed to be That's confident. Awesome. And so now they're learning more about their African side and we'll see, That's we'll good. see how it goes. But I do think that Davina still has some time. She can probably turn it around. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, her boyfriend really needs to speak to the family yeah. because it's not Davina's role. No. And the fact that they, again, it's her boyfriend and not her husband. You know, yeah. yeah. From a cultural perspective. Yeah. And we wanted to touch on some news of this week. Miss Kardashian uh, announced that she has welcomed a new baby boy with her ex-partner, Tristan Thompson. Um, This story fascinates me for multiple reasons. The the, the Kardashians in general are, I mean, love them or hate them. They're they're quite fascinating as a family. But the reason why this particular story fascinates me is because she did an interview where she said that she wanted her oldest child, uh, I think her name is True, to have a sibling like a true sibling, mm-hmm. like a blood sibling. And I know she got a lot of flack uh, about this online, but I'm, I think I'm kind of warming to the idea. I think it's, it's a good idea. I think it's a fantastic um, idea. I think yeah, you know, I handled it very, very well. I think you've got to think about it now. Flip, flip it. If she went ahead and got another man or another, whether he was white or black, whether he was pink, whatever. Yeah. People would be like, oh, look, now she got two baby daddies. Oh, now she got three baby. So somebody's always going to have something to say. And I think with yeah. what she's done has closed that door so tight that nobody can really say she's having kids by multiple men. No, she's not. She's got two kids. She's yeah. always wanted children. we got to remember that. She's mm-hmm. always wanted children. And she wanted her child to have a sibling that looked like her. And a sibling who she can say, that's my mom, that's my dad. And that's the end. And I get it. I mean, from a, a mother motherhood perspective, I, I totally understand. It's just easier. Yes. Right? You can say, hey, your dad's coming to pick you up this weekend. And it's the same guy. It's the same guy. I, I... <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really... Sh- I think the reason why she's getting a lot of flack online is because of her... her ex. I keep wanting to say her boyfriend, but her ex-boyfriend's 
terrible behavior. His reputation, yeah. Uh, his reputation and the fact that he has other children. Yeah. I think, and well. I think, yeah, I think that's the problem. But all in all, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm giving her props for this. I don't see a problem with it. I think she's doing the right thing. And I think, um, given the circumstance, um, and I think she's allowed to choose who she wants to have yeah. with. And if 100%, she can certainly afford yes. a child. So, yes. and she, and, and look at, he agreed. You gotta yeah. say something about him. He agreed to it. He could have said no. Yeah. Good, right? Yeah, kudos to them. I'm sure they, those children are obviously very lucky. Yeah. Um, and yeah, wish them all the best. Our next story is also very interesting. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Miss Angelina Jolie was seen dropping her daughter Zahara or Zara. Zara. Yeah. Uh, Zara off at Bellman College, which is a historically black college. And um, she was apparently getting into it, very excited. Um, uh, for those who don't know, her, her daughter is, I think she's East African yes. um, uh, uh, origin. Uh, and she was adopted as a child uh, by Angelina Jolie. And so uh, this is very interesting because you see a celebrity who is you know, very well known around the world who obviously has adopted a child who is not of the same race, but uh, in my opinion, has done a pretty good job Mm -hmm. in immersing this child in, or at least directing this child into, you know, black culture Mm -hmm. or into their culture. And I think this is sometimes, I wouldn't say a fear of mine, but it is a concern when you see people of uh, one race, particularly white folks, adopting people of color. Um, there is a hesi- there is a, a, a fear or a hesitation that, you know, maybe that child is not going to be as in touch with, with their, their, yeah. their own ethnic identity. Um, but this is great. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are on this. I think it's great. I think it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful way to be a supportive mother. And um, I mean, she looked very happy, but she looked sad, but she was like, I'm only sad because it, she's going to university, period. Um, mm-hmm. That's where my sadness is, is that my child is now grown to be going to university. That's that's where my tears are coming from. And obviously the joy, mm-hmm. and, and it was very um, uh, immersive and they embraced Angelina and they showed her that your child will be taken care of here. Like she's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a parent, white, black, whatever, that is the most important thing. You want to know that wherever your child is going, they're going to be taken care of. And yeah. it was very important for her to, and I think important for her and her child's relationship for her to see mom mm-hmm. be okay with this is where you're going. And this is, was probably her choice, probably her daughter's choice. That's the thing that I was going to say is that she, I mean, her parents are multimillionaires that she could have gone anywhere. to any school anywhere. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she chose to go to Spelman, um, the fact that her parents have su- su- supported mm-hmm. it, her, her mother anyway, has supporting, uh, seen supporting uh, her it speaks a, a lot to you know, her parenting skills. Yes. I mean, you obviously don't know her personally. I don't know Angelina Jolie personally, but I think that this is amazing to see. Yeah. Um, yeah. And letting a child kind of really forge their own path. It's important because um, as a parent, it's hard. You yeah. don't want them to forge their own path. You want them to do what you want them to do. This is easier. Oh I've already gosh. been down that path. Don't go down that one. Just stay on this one. Yeah, I've yeah. seen what happens on that path. Don't go down that one. 
<laughs> All right, we're going to take a little break and we'll be right back for the saddest part where we have to say goodbye. <laughs> we'll be right back. We would love to hear from you guys. Let us know what you guys think. You can email us at mixedmotherhoodpod at gmail.com um, or it will be in our um, podcast notes or you can find us on Instagram at mixedmotherhoodpod. And if you know anybody who should be a guest or if you want to be our guest, yes. then email us on mixedmotherhoodpod at gmail.com. As always, Cookie, it's been a pleasure. Oh. Same time next week? Same time next week. Can't wait. All right. Take care. You too. The Mixed Motherhood Pod is written and produced by Nanae Belanger and Kutsai Chimanikire. All musical credits belong to Epidemic Sound. Follow us on all platforms at Mixed Motherhood Pod. See you next time.